The minute the government locks down Walmart, because there was a thousand people at a time was allowed in the Walmart in, in my diocese, uh, or when they, when they shut down Planned Parenthood, when they shut down the liquor stores, then I'll know they're serious. But you know what? Even if they, even if it is that serious, all the more reason for my church doors to stay open so that people that are approaching the veil into eternal life can come to me and I can be a minister of grace to them, which is my calling. Hey folks, Alex Newman here, and I am with the one and only Father James Altman, uh, Catholic priest, became world famous during the, the COVID for his uh, incredible preaching and his faithfulness to the Bible and Catholic doctrine and truth. Uh, and uh, then uh, some of his superiors got a little upset with him. Uh, Father, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining I, us. I, I am so blessed to be here with you today. I, I have nothing to, I don't even know what to say. I'm so, I'm just, yeah, thank well, you. The feeling is mutual. We, should, we so appreciate you. Uh, so um, before we get into you kind know, of the- I love the new American. Can I just say this on there? So that those people, whoever you are, I love this. I live near you and I didn't even know it. Well, and, our people love you. They oh gosh, yeah. I need to come back and visit. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You need to come okay. to headquarters. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, for the folks out there, you know, what happened you gave some really uh, fiery sermons during yeah. COVID. I mean, everything was shut down. A lot oh. of the Catholic churches were shut down. And you... Hold on. The Planned Parenthood was still killing babies. Yep. Walmart was still open. The liquor stores were still open. But the bishops closed the Catholic churches. 99% of them, I think, closed the Catholic churches. You're going to answer to God for that. Okay. So, yeah. so what, what, what? See, you get me fired up. You press a button. <laughs> well, it's good. It's good. Going, yeah. But so, so what caused you to say, like, no, it's really important. I have to keep my church open. I can't shut it down. That's actually easy, and this isn't even funny. Do you, do you have kids? I do. I got five. Ah, you're living my dream. I want a 13. <laughs> and and one of my most favorite things to do is to feed babies. Like, you know how, like, you get a spoon and they get it out, and you kind of, kind of, you make it go in their mouth like the Gerbers or whatever? Right, yeah. Um, what kind of father won't feed his family? And if you're Catholic... Even if you're Christian, you believe the bread of life, right? And, and when you lock the church, first of all, understand, the, the government's authority ends at the church's front door. That's our constitution. You better stick up for it or you're going to lose it, right? So uh, they locked us out. They didn't feed their children. They locked the children. What kind of father won't feed his child? So, so everything that came out of me during this time, that people say nice things about me, but I said, no, it's, they, oh, you're courageous. No, it's got nothing to do with courage. I love you. How could I, how could I not feed you? And he feed you in, in the word of Christ, right? But then in the body, blood, soul, and divinity, which, without which we do not have life within us. Jesus said that. That's not my opinion. So I, how can you be a, a father and not feed your children. And, and that's what, see, that's what happened. So I'm, I'm speaking from the heart, and it resonated. The truth of that, that love resonated with people. And, and as opposed to, let's say, let's say, and I don't care whether you're Protestant or, or Catholic, right? Let's say you support this particular parish or, or congregation for 50 years, and they lock the door on you at a time when, ostensibly, you need that the most. Right? I mean, the whole point was, if the COVID hoax was really as bad as they said it would was, right, then all the more reason, because what is, what is my job? I'm not worried about whether you catch a cold. I'm worried about your eternal soul, yeah. because eternity is a very long time, right? <laughs> so, uh, so all the more reason for me to stay open. I don't care if it's Ebola. 
I don't care if I get sick and die. That's my job. And if I'm afraid to do my job, then I shouldn't be a priest, right? But here are all these bishops, the vast, vast, vast majority of them, 96% of them or something like that in the U.S., close the churches. Even as, and so somebody once asked me, do, do I have time to tell you this? Yeah, please. Okay, so somebody once asked me, they said, well, Father, it was a holy priest that I, that I greatly respect. He said, well, Father, then when is it a good time? When is there, is there ever a time when the church can lock the doors? I said, that's very easy for me to answer. Easy question. The minute the government locks down Walmart, because there was a thousand people at a time was allowed in the Walmart in, in my diocese, uh, or when they, when they shut down Planned Parenthood, when they shut down the liquor stores, they don't know they're serious. But you know what? Even if they, even if it is that serious, all the more reason for my church doors to stay open so that people that are approaching the veil into eternal life can come to me and I can be a minister of grace to them, which is my calling. There is never a time when you lock the church. Are you hearing me, bishops? There is never a time. You have no right to lock the church, period. So, well, you asked. So. Spoken like a true shepherd. No, I, I think a lot of people, uh, even non-Catholics, really, really appreciated your stand. Um, so uh, switching gears just a yeah. little bit, they, they came down on you. I was getting all mad. Well, I mean, they, they came down pretty hard on you, and, yeah. and even more recently oh, now yeah. they came after Father Frank Pavone. Oh, um, what they did to him. What is going on? Why, why right. are they coming after guys like right. you and, and Pavone who are you know trying to do the right thing? Well, we shame them. We make them look bad. Uh, that's, that's kind of a flippant answer, but it's actually true. Here's, with regard to me, it wasn't because I said uh, you can't be a Catholic and a Democrat, which is true. You can't be a Christian and a Democrat either, period. You can't be. Um, I had the audacity to say one Sunday, okay, innocuously, because I'm concerned about my, I was, everything I said was about my parishioner's life and their, the eternal soul. I said, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's straight out of sacred scripture. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and, and you do not morally have to take the jab which is untried, untested, rushed to market by people that we already know were bad guys, right? <laughs> that's what got me canceled. Because within days, the, the media, the left-wing media, plastered me everywhere and came down hard on me. What got me canceled wasn't that first video. It was that I had the audacity to say, you don't have to take the jab, right? So, that, so then I got canceled. So then you discover what really matters to the shepherds of the church. And it isn't eternal souls, right? Uh, so, so anyway, so then I got canceled. Father Frank Pavone is another. And here's what they'll say. You're being disobedient. We want you to not say anything. We want you to shut up. Like Now, remember when Jesus went to the Sanhedrin, or, or uh, Peter and Paul were arrested for the second time in the temple, Acts chapter 5, yeah. and they get dragged before the Sanhedrin. What did Peter say? First we must obey nine. God rather than men. Yes, sir. So the bishops, they have no authority. Bishops, you have no authority to tell me not to preach the truth of the gospel. You have no authority. None. You're a liar. You're an imposter of a bishop or even, a, you, I don't know what kind of organization you have in the Protestant churches, but we have to, we have to preach the truth, right? So that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit is the truth. Yep. So with Father Frank Pavone, here's what people don't know. Listen to this. Listen, people. Listen closely. Father Frank Vaughan, in, uh, in 2018, that, that light in the loafers bishop down there in Amarillo, was a new one, right? Because he went to Amarillo, right? And uh, he said, oh, I don't like what you're doing. You're too political, right? Uh, so that's what the, he said that same thing to Peter and John. So, <laughs> you know, oh, well. So uh, he said, either you ask for laicization, 
quit being a priest, or I'm going to seek it for you, right? So that's 2018. So Father Frank Pavone, he's no dummy, he appealed to Rome because there's this thing called the Congregation of Clergy. This is one of tw it's like the President's Cabinet. There's like 12 offices in the Vatican that matter. And so we appealed to them, Congregation for Clergy. And the Congregation for Clergy, I think it was in 2022, ruled in Father Frank Pavone's favor. Wow. So they said to the Bishop in Amarillo, you have to allow Father Frank Pavone to go to the Diocese of, I think it was Colorado Springs, uh, Boulder, Col I think it was Colorado Springs. You have to allow him to go to there, and he is perfectly right in doing what he's doing. So I'm, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but that's essentially what it was. There's only one person that can overrule the congregation for clergy, and that's the Pope. So Jorge Bergoglio, who's also known as Pope Francis, who is not Catholic. He is not Catholic. He's a pretender. He's a fraud of a Catholic. He no more upholds the Catholic truth handed down unchanged and unchangeable for 2,000 years, the dramatic truth of the the Catholic Church and the Dalai Lama. And people are afraid to say it. Listen, there's, a, there's already an actual schism in the church. It's a de facto schism. Everybody's afraid to talk about it. I'm not. I heard uh, Mother Miriam, wonderful lady. Oh, she's Catholic. incredible. She I'm said the Pope was week. really. She, I heard her say the Pope was preaching doctrines of demons. I was like, can you say that? Uh, no. Yes, she can because he is. Wow. He's evil. Wow. He's from hell. So, yeah, you can, you can, you can actually, listen, go ahead, post that. Don't, I'm not, listen, I'll bring it, come here, Jorge, we'll have a little interview right here, right now. I'm not afraid of you. Uh, anyway, um, Jorge Bergoglio overruled the congregation for bishops and, and personally laicized Father Frank Pavone because he can. So here you have a priest for almost 30 years, it was like 29 years, the most avid or hard-working defender of life of babies in the United States for 29 years and that's meanwhile they don't lay aside child molesters they don't lay aside priests who have raped boys and they don't they don't uh, lay aside uh, or excommunicate baby murderers like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi they don't do that but they're after Frank Pavone are you kidding me yeah, and when they you all put say it like that it's oh look, just yeah watch that okay you know how many victims there are mm -hmm. by the way it's 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 a hundred times worse according to the federal government in the public schools yep. so you can't just oh Catholic Church bad 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 no yep. the whole culture is bad yep. but anyway uh, they do, they don't lay aside boy rapers and they don't excommunicate uh, baby murders, but they'll go after Frank Pavone. And that is Jorge Bergoglio, the Bishop of Rome. So anyway, that's what happened to Frank Pavone, Father Frank Pavone. And I will call him Father to the day I die, uh, because he is. Yeah, and I, I was at an off-the-record meeting shortly after all that happened. Yeah. Very prominent Americans, and he got a standing ovation like I've never oh, seen. I mean, oh. they stood up for 10 minutes and clapped yep. for this guy. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, Father, I, I want to ask you, too, about yeah. this event here. Uh, yeah. This is, you know, in honor of 1607, the first landing when right. America was dedicated right. to God by yeah. the first uh, English Protestants who yes. landed here. And you were a speaker. Um, I was, yeah. uh, talk, talk about your thoughts on all of this. I mean, uh, you know, sure. what, what is your view on the covenant? What is your view right. on this event? What is your view on, on all of America right. and the history? So so, the, so the, the whole Gospels all end with Jesus' ascension, right? And what is his last, it's, it's Matthew 28, it's Mark, the last chapter in Mark. It's a great commission. Go in and baptize all nations in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teach them everything that I have taught you, right? That's our commission. That is what we are supposed to do. So what it, one of Jesus' most, single most important teachings was about the, the crucifix, the cross. Because he said, if you're not willing to pick up your cross and follow me daily, pick up your cross daily, not pick it up for five minutes, put it down, pick it up every day, 
and follow me. You are not worthy to be my disciples. You're not doing the will of the Father, and only the people who do the will of my Father are going to be with me in heaven, right? So we have to carry the cross every day. And what is this? Jesus said, when he said to that, to the people that day, just think about this, that the people understood the cross as something that was carried only by the condemned criminal. A really bad guy. And Jesus said, you have to be that bad guy. And you have to be, the, the world has to hate you. So, so if we're not being hated by the world for what we're saying, then we're not doing our job, right? I mean, that's, that's really it. Yep. Uh, so, uh, so when the, when the, they weren't pilgrims. That was like Massachusetts, yeah, I think. Plymouth, yeah. So that the first settlers, this was the very first settlement, when they came and they landed, what's the first thing they did? They planted the sign of the cross. Why? Because without the cross, we're nothing. We're not saved. We're saved through the blood of the cross. We, his, Jesus paid the atonement, right, for repentant sinners. Not everybody, for repentant sinners. You know, and, and they, people like that, like, oh, no, no. And just, oh, ask Jesus in your hearts. Listen, the guy, remember there were two thieves. One was repentant, and what did Jesus say to him? This day, you'll be, this day you'll be with me in Paris. What did he say to the other guy? Nothing, because he didn't repent. So you have to repent, right? So they planted this, the, the sign of the cross. They planted a cross because they knew and understood that they had to dedicate everything that they were doing to Jesus, to the cross of Christ. That, this is a sign of the cross. They didn't plant, I was going to make this joke, right? Oh, can I say this? Sure, do it. Okay. So I was going to make this joke, and I was talking to Dee, and I, I better edit this out. Because that's when, that's when I heard that, like, 70 countries in the world were going to be listening in, right? So what I was going to say is, why didn't they plant, the, the, like, the standard of the King of England? And I, and, I, and I was going to say, well, I have my own thoughts on this, because look at the, the, what they're doing now. They're doing a coronation, right, of the guy who cheated on, which is a commandment, cheated on Princess Diana with Camilla. So what does that tell me? All I need to know about the kingship of England and why they didn't, why they didn't dedicate the land to him. Well, look at Henry VIII. Are you kidding me? Right? So uh, they dedicated it to Christ. They planted his cross, the sign of the cross, which tells us we're supposed to pick our cross up every day. Now the Catholics have the crucifix. They have the body of Christ on it, looking as if he's been crucified. Why? It's a reminder to us what we are called to suffer, right? Because the cross means suffering and death. When I see the empty cross of the Protestants, I, what I say to myself is, that just means I have to take that place up there, right? The cross isn't empty because Jesus did all the work. No, he did not. He paid an atonement for the repentant. But he said, for you to be my disciple to get to heaven, you have to get up on that cross too. So when I look at the empty Protestant cross, just the plain cross, I say, okay. Uh, where are the nails, right? Uh, that's what the cross means. It either means you see visually in the Catholic crucifix what the suffering that Jesus calls us to do, or you see the empty cross which says, now it's my turn. God has called me to that cross. And if I'm, if I don't want, if I'm not willing to stretch out my hands, what a worthless Christian am I, am I right? Uh, do you remember, here, and here's how you can understand it. This, this might be going far afield, but remember the virgins, the parable of the virgins? Yeah. As a virgins, Christian, yeah. in virgins, right? Virgins are ostensibly good people, right? We all, listen, who did they throw into the volcano? They would throw the, vir pagans, the yeah. virgins. They would throw the virgins because every culture recognizes and values virginity, except our culture doesn't right. anymore. Yep. Um, but there were five 
wise virgins who prepared for the coming of the bridegroom, who is Jesus, and there were five foolish ones. And what happened to the foolish ones? They got locked out. And then they, you know, so we, the, the bridegroom comes in. They knock on the door and he says, go away, I don't even know you. So everybody who thinks they're good enough, I don't think I'm good enough. If I, if I were hit by, well, I don't know, I'm lightning today, uh, will I go? Do I have that assurance? I, I know one thing, I'll fall on my knees and say, I'm sorry for however I offended you. That, that I know, but uh, I don't presume to be worthy of the mercy of my Lord. That is, that's a sin in and of itself, presumption. Uh, so I just hope every day I'm willing to pick up my cross. And that's, that's not easy to do. I, I don't find it easy. Every day it's a challenge. Every day it's a choice. It's a daily choice. It's not, oh, I make one choice and then I'm good to go for the rest of my life. Um, anyway, yeah, I forgot the question, but did that answer well, any of Fascinating uh, <laughs> theology lesson here. Okay. Uh, so yeah. where can people follow you? Do you have, are you on social media? I yes. know you said you don't know how to use YouTube, yes. but how can people follow you? Oh, listen, so here, let me, let, can I get this out? Sure. So, uh, so they had to make this for me because I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to put stuff on there. So it's uh, jfaltman.org. Is is my like my website? Perfect. I've not put a single thing on there in my life, but it, I know it's there because I went to look at it. And listen, Google doesn't like me, oh, so yeah. so I type in Us that too. on Google. Yeah. Oh, I bet, <laughs> eh? Right. Uh, you can't find it on Google. No. But if you go to like DuckDuckGo or something like that, so it's JF my initials James Francis Altman, Altman yeah, org. And, and you can find it there. And so they're posting there everything that gets, like today's interview or today's talk will get posted there. And uh, the things I do with LifeSite News, which is a weekly thing, I'm doing it tomorrow. Um, I do a Holy Rosary now on Tuesdays when I'm, when I'm home and are able to do it uh, with a group that's from around the world. I've had, in one sitting, like at one time, I've had people in Ireland, Croatia, Borneo. Oh wow! Uh, was it New Zealand was on there? Yeah. So, um, so you'll see that because I try to give theological lessons in between, which each of the mysteries of the gospel, which is what the rosary is all about. It's just a, it's just a gospel prayer anyway. I mean, the Hail Mary is nothing other than Angel Gabriel at the Annunciation, right? And our Father, our Lord, taught us that prayer. And the Hail, the glory be to God. Father, you know, glory be to the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's it. When you look at the first words of every one of Paul's letters, how does he start out? He's praising God and giving glory to him and Jesus. So, so, uh, so then there's some mysteries, which all they are is a focus on the Gospels. So I get to do that. And then I started I'm not making up my own because I'm not making up with the Gospel. The Gospel already made it up. So I'll choose, like, for instance, I had the, the five mysteries of uh, righteous anger. Remember when Jesus cursed the fig tree? Mm -hmm. Because the fig tree, they mentioned that today, did not produce fruit. Uh, so that's a righteous anger. Who's going to complain about Jesus getting angry at the fig tree, right? And then uh, uh, mysteries of forgiveness. Remember the thief on the cross. Yeah. The mysteries of healing. Remember the uh, the paralytic through the through the ceiling. So all of the gospels are are worthy of meditation and prayer and immersing yourself in meditation and prayer with God, communion with God. Uh, so so anyway, so that's what I do every day. That, that'll be on that that website. Well, I hope people yeah. will check out the website. And and before we let you go, I have to yeah, ask yeah. you this oh, question because you, you you got some harsh words about uh, you know Bergoglio. Uh, what's your advice? Oh, so why? But because it's eternal souls. We're take, listen, if somebody's coming after your child to do something bad to him, you're going to defend your child. So I've got all these children around the globe now, who knew? Uh -huh. uh, and, and if Bergoglio's threatening their eternal souls with his 
damned apostasy. Are you listening to me? Damned apostasy. I'm going to defend them. So harsh words aren't, I can't speak words harsh enough. Okay, okay, here you go. Somebody's going to come in and they're going to do heinous things to your family. Oh, oh, you can't use harsh words. Uh -huh. So, really? so what's your advice to, to faithful Catholics? Because a lot of, even in my own family, a lot of Catholics yeah. are looking at what's happening in the Vatican. They're very right. concerned. Well, that, what, do you, what do you say to them? What, what should they be doing? We have 2,000 years of truth. If, uh, I, I've often taught the life lesson of rat poison, which is uh, if you don't know your faith, you are vulnerable to somebody who has the appearance of authority. If you know your faith, you will uh, you'll recognize when they're teaching not truth. So, uh, and where I learned that is uh, uh, a pastor once said, it was a priest, I went down, I was down in St. Michigan and uh, he read the gospel and then he, we all sat down and he said, does anybody here wonder why a rat eats rat poison? And I thought, I've been wondering since I was a little boy, why? Because it must taste badly, right? <laughs> if it's gonna kill you. Uh, so, um, so I said, uh, so he said, the reason a rat eats rat poison is because 90% of what's in that box tastes really, really good to a rat, but the other 10% is mixed in there and he can't tell the difference. He gobbles it all down and it kills him dead. So the thing is, um, if, uh, it's actually 1% by the way, I finally got the courage to pick up that, that box, which I thought even touching it would kill me. <laughs> and I looked at it, it's only 1% of arsenic in a box of rat poison. Wow. So now watch, if you don't know your faith, Somebody can come along and they can say really nice things and sounds good, but they can mix in a little of the rat poison and it will kill your faith dead in the end. So here's, a, here's an example. So you hear this, oh, love is love. That sounds so nice, doesn't it? It makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. No, it doesn't. Love is the cross of Christ. Love is self-sacrifice for another. And if you're not firmly grounded, you're based, I think that's the new word these days, yeah, yeah. when you're based in the cross of self-sacrifice for love of another, you, I, I won't do things for myself, but I'll do it for those I love. Right? I'll sacrifice myself for them, just as you will as a father. Your kids are hungry. You know what? You'll skip a meal if they, if they need food to eat. Right? That's, uh, that's the real definition of, of, of love. And so, um, I forgot, what was my question? I what's your advice to faithful Catholics? Oh yeah, right. So, you're, so you're, my advice is, learn your faith. Mm. Don't, don't expect that the person, oh, they're going to spoon feed you and you're good to go. you got to do your work too. Okay. That means, okay, in here, and I can actually make this concrete. If you're not spending an hour a day devoted to God via prayer, silence, by the way, one of the great prayers of silence, that joke about God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason, so you sit and listen. He can't speak if you won't shut up. How you, sorry, that sounds harsh, but it's true. Um, reading sacred scripture. How about you read one chapter, starting with the Gospel of Matthew, read one chapter a day. And when you're done, when you get to the end of Revelation, go back and start again. Can you read it too many times? I don't think so. So read your sacred scripture, pray, listen silently. You should have a room in your house that is actually a prayer devotional room. And if you don't have it, why don't you? Why do you think you're going to be want get? To, why do you think you're going to be you'll, you'll like heaven if you don't like heaven on earth? You're not going to like heaven there, right? Heaven on yeah, have, you should have a devotional room, and every child in your family should know that's the room I go into for prayer and devotion. If you're not, Jesus said, "Won't you spend one hour with me?" He gives you 24 a day. You have one hour, and in that you fix it. However, put in that one hour whatever you want. 
prayer, silence, Bible, reading the saints, reading the martyrs. The martyrs gave their lives as a witness of faith. That's, a whole, that's what the definition of martyr is, witness of faith, right? If you're not doing that, then don't tell me you're a serious Christian and don't tell me you're a serious Catholic. One hour, that's just one hour. If you, and by the way, it doesn't have to always be all at once because I realize we're all busy. You know, we'll find, listen, so the Packers, right? They're up near you, right? <laughs> so people will, it's a 10 hour day. By the time I drive from Wisconsin Rapids up to the, the stadium, loaded with snow, have to park a half a mile away. God forbid you have to walk a half mile from where you park to go to church. Get, get up into the stadium, sit up in the nosebleeds, snow coming down on you, fight the crowds when you want to leave. And by the way, paying ridiculous amounts for the tickets and for the, for the hot dogs, right? You know what the price is, it's horrible. You spend $500 and spend 10 hours, but you won't go to church and you're afraid of putting $20 in the basket, right? Well, listen, well, some of the Catholic churches, I wouldn't give them 20 bucks either. <laughs> Why support it, right? You don't support the devil. So um, anyway, if you're, if you're not doing that every day, then you're a pretender and you're only fooling yourself. But I'll tell you who you're not fooling, is Jesus. You're not fooling the guy that says, he's good, when you get before him, right? He's a, his eternal glorified body. Which by the way, you should remember this. Every day our father, thinking in earthly times, to earthly ways, every day our father looks over at his son sitting at his right hand. He sees the wounds that we put into him, right? Every day. So when you stand, when you die and you stand before our Lord and judge, and he shows you his hands, just like he showed the apostles, just like he showed Thomas. And he said, let me see your wounds that you incurred because you, you carried your cross. Let me see the wounds on your back from the scourging. Let me see the bruise on your shoulder because you carried your cross every day. If you can't do that, if you say, oh, I'm too busy today. I don't have an hour. Well, that's not going to go well on the final judgment, is it? So, that's, so you said, what is my advice? Figure out how to do an hour a day. 15 minutes, then 30, then 15. It's just got to add up to an hour. Right? Good but do your hour day, and if you don't, then don't complain to me when you get to the gates and they say, hey, you're, you didn't want to be with us on earth. Why do you think you want to be with us in heaven? Right? Does that make sense? I, I hope I, it does. Yeah, great advice. Okay. Uh, Father James right. Altman, thank well, you God so much. God bless you, God my bless friend. You.